You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Chapter four, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 44 says, And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything that they had. They sold their possessions and shared the proceeds with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added, to their group, those who were being saved. Another way of, of putting that would be that the Lord added to their group those who believed in Jesus, uh, which is awesome. And I actually have a second scripture, if that's all right, this morning. I know uh, we're going to get a lot of a bit of bit of, bit of weekly Bible reading in today. So if you are falling behind in your Bible plan, helping you out this morning. That was a joke. It's all right. There's no there's no judgment. I'm 130 days behind in one of mine. So there you go. <laughs> Luke 15, I'm not even joking. Luke 15, uh, 23. So you skip back a little bit. Interestingly enough, bit of Bible knowledge for you. Uh, same person that wrote this book we're about to read now. Luke wrote Acts. Uh, so it comes with a similar tone, a similar theme, highlights some, some similar aspects, some, some similar uh, kind of threads, if you will, uh, of the tapestry that is, is the story of God and Jesus and, and earth. So, so Luke uh, chapter 15, it's one of my favorite passages in Scripture. And the first time I heard it preached, uh, the preacher was, was American and he said, Luke 15, and that has stuck in my head for at least 15 years. So that's a, little, that's a bit awkward. Let's sort of share it. I'm stalling so you can find Luke. Have we got it? Okay, there we go. There's the response. Helps me. Luke 15, uh, verse 23. I'm going to start kind of the second half of that verse, if that's all right. It says, we must celebrate with a feast. Ah, that is a great scripture. That is a great scripture right there. See, bring the barbecue this afternoon. Be good. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but is now he is found. So the party began. Um, I just, just as a side note, I think that if you're a believer, we need to be better at the party. We need to be better at the party. Of all people that, 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 that should be partying about something in life, if we believe in what Jesus has done for us, we should be the ones who are like, let's party all the time. Let's have fun. Come on. The Christian life is exciting. We are forgiven everything, past, present, future. It's paid for. It's on the cross. There's no condemnation, no accusation, no punishment, no penalty. It's all gone. We just have life to live in all its fullness, in all its goodness, and it's exciting, right? Come on, let's have a party. Your house. Um, Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working, and when he returned home, he heard music and dancing. There's two keys for what church should be like, music and dancing in the house. Uh, And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Wouldn't it be good if whoever came in here this morning had never experienced church, sorry, I'm picking on our visitors this morning, but, but they left going, what was going on in that place? There was a bit of, there was life in that place. I hope that if you're visiting this morning, you, you get a sense that there is something going on in here. Something, some, there's an atmosphere, there's a life, there's a joy, there's something going on in this place that would, that would cause you to stop for a moment and go, could, 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 could maybe what they're talking about be, be, be real? Could, could it? I don't know. But he asked, what, what was going on? 
your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the, the calf, filet mignon, come on, um, that we were fattening and has prepared a great feast. I'm, I'm sure it was grass-fed, uh, 100%. Uh, we are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. So his father came out and begged him. Let me tell you, God is the father in this story. It does not matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what's going on. God, God, God comes out to you. God pursues you. God cares enough about you, has enough love for you that, that he comes after you. Um, that's, that's, that's my experience. After all these years, uh, sorry, but he replied, after all these years, I've worked hard for you and have never once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the finest calf we have. Uh, if you didn't sign your kids in this morning, uh, my apologies, um, but you can have that awkward conversation on the way home. <clears throat> His father said to him, look, dear son, have I got that up there? No, I'm going to finish. Verse 30, fantastic. Can we pray? Is that all right? Can we pray one more time? Uh, it helps me. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, God, that it's full of life. It's full of hope. It's full of joy. I pray this morning that every person in this place would hear you speaking to them uh, as we talk about your word and unpack it. And uh, Lord, we continue to believe for a miracle for the Jets to make the finals. Um, I see it. I declare it. I speak it out. Adelaide's going to lose. Melbourne City draw with Adelaide because they're playing together. That's awkward. Helps make the finals, God. Please don't let Sydney FC win another Premier League premiership. Amen. Amen. Come on. God cares about what's on your heart. I'm telling you. We, we have started a great series. Uh, but uh, before, before I dive in, actually, I've got a little testimony. First of all, I want to read it out. came through via email. Uh, I love hearing testimonies. And uh, those of you who were uh, here for our last series on new, uh, we talked about the new that God has for us this year and um, talked about uh, getting with God and allowing Him to help you to see what He has for you uh, and allowing Him to open up those doors so that you could go into spaces and places that previous in your life you may not have been able to get, go into, whether you're talking about spaces within, within your mind or your heart or, or tangible physical spaces in life that, that you were hoping to go into but, but couldn't. And I got, I got this testimony through, which, which was awesome, and I've asked if I can share it, so um, that's, that's good too. It says, uh, I love the message on Sunday. My prayer was for me to be selected for a new type of mentoring that Crossroads Prison Ministry is starting. Uh, it's for inmates that have an interest in learning more about God and then to introduce them to the actual studies. Uh, these are studies I've normally involved with over the past five years. Uh, this, uh, this person was sharing uh, with Pastor Karen on Sunday, um, believing that there would be an offer on Monday um, Sorry, believing that there would be an offer uh, for her to go in and be able to present uh, these studies in, in, in prisons. And it said that on Monday, uh, the offer came in. Um, so God was already one step ahead. I love that. Um, and it says here that I just finished the first lesson uh, and feeling wrapped and treasured by God that he trusts uh, me to share with these broken souls. Uh, Ruth Steele, incredible testimony. Uh, if you want to hear more about what God's doing... Uh, catch up with her afterwards. Tell you, God, God is on the move in our lives. He, 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 has a, he knows the beginning. Uh, he knows the end from the beginning. And uh, I tell you, He knows what your next step is, no matter where you're at. 
But let's, let's look at uh, our new series, which is Belonging. We're looking at the Father's House, and there's a couple of key aspects uh, about the Father's House. And for this whole month, we're looking at this key aspect of the idea that we belong. We belong in the Father's house. We are created to belong with God. And so when we're in His house, we find a sense of belonging that resonates in our heart that no other space or place in our lives, honestly, if we were, if we were to be real with ourselves, honestly fully satisfies that place within us that aches to belong. And, and Pastor Keith unpacked an incredible word last week about the idea of belonging. What does it look like to belong? How do we help people belong? Shared a, a really challenging testimony about a time in his life where um, certain, certain aspects of people's um, uh, predisposition towards others restricted the way in which we were able to help people belong. And um, we're going to keep unpacking these this concept of belong. This morning, we really want to focus on this idea of community. It's really big. I don't know if you realize at the moment, um, everywhere in society is this idea of community, the online community, um, sports communities. Uh, we, we, we as human beings are not supposed to exist. We don't thrive. We don't do well when we're by ourselves. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but if I'm by myself for too long without distraction, my mind starts going. And it's like this, this hurricane in my head and, and it just starts going round and round and round. Before I know it, I'm like, I'm paranoid about stuff that never existed and, and I'm stressing about stuff that might never happen. And I'm just not good by myself um, alone. Uh, we're supposed to be in community. We're supposed to be able to talk things out with people, um, get encouragement, uh, get help in our life. Community is, is, is a key aspect of where we're supposed to belong. Um, and so we want to unpack what it is to be in community. I uh, encourage you with some aspects about community this morning. When I, when I was growing up, I grew up in um, a little coastal town that's uh, all a, like a bit of a buzz place now, but wasn't when I was there, um, called Port Macquarie. And... Um, and I, I was well into sport, as many of you know. Uh, and so I played, I played a lot of soccer when I was growing up, loved it. And uh, there was actually two main teams in, in port that, that people played for. Um, one of them was really good, like really good. Like a whole kind of like 90% of the rep team for the region played in this team. And, and, and they would win games like 15-0 uh, with like their second string reserves playing. And um, it was, there, was, there was a chasm of difference between that team and then, and then the other team, right? Um, and, and so one year I played for the really, really good team, right, because I'm super athletic. Um, <laughs> I love my wife was the loudest laugh to that statement, right? Amen. Um, anyway, but, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't have a dad growing up and, uh, and our coach was kind of like really, really honest to perform and be the best. And, and mum wasn't sure that that was kind of the best uh, developing place for her little son that had, had some issues because um, I was a little gentle giant, tiny, I was, I was like real tiny, but I was gentle. So she pulled me out of that team and she's like, let's go to the friendly team that like everyone gets a medal and, and we don't count the score because we lose count after 10 anyway. Um, right, let's, let's put you in that team because it's just, it just, it's a nicer team. It's a nicer team. Um, and so I often would alternate between the two teams over a series of years because obviously I like to win. Um, I'm quite competitive. Uh, and so uh, the, the lovely little beautiful community of, of the team that, that lost every week wore off on me and I, I wanted to win. I don't, know about, I don't know about you, but I didn't really want to just play for fun. Uh, although that's what I tell my son is, is the real reason we play sports for fun. 
I didn't have that instilled in me from a young age, and so I wanted to win. Uh, and so I would, uh, after a year of being in the team that was lovely, but we lost, uh, I went back to the team that was possibly not necessarily as nice, but we won, uh, and that was great. And I, I think it's interesting that in sports teams, kind of uh, really good ones, not the ones I played in, but they, they talk about this idea of the winning mentality, uh, that winning, winning sets a tone in the team. Um, and I, I began thinking a little bit about that, and I, I began to land on the fact that there's, there's, a, there's a lot of power in the fact that a team who's winning is celebrating together all the time, right? They're happy. Stuff's going well for them, right? Nothing, nothing is more, I think, beneficial for a group of people than, than just getting to celebrate all the time. Uh, I don't know about anyone else, but I don't like being in a situation where I don't have anything to celebrate at all ever for long periods of time. That was my life in the other team. And, and what happens is when we compare these, these, these world-class teams that have this winning mentality with, with these teams that, that seem to lose all the time, hashtag Fulham this morning, um, lose all the time, what we, what we hear in the news is, oh, there's dressing room unrest. There's all this, all this infighting in the dressing room and, and the next thing that comes out, oh, the coaches lost the dressing room and then before long, you're like Jose Mourinho and you're fired um, and your team tends to do a lot better after that. Um, but what, I, what I've realized is I want to I put something to you this morning, and that is, that is that, that, yes, the coach may lose a dressing room. I'm not in those dressing rooms, so I don't know. But what I do know is that prior to anything happening with the coach, all right, prior to that, is that the team lost its inner community. The, the, the team lost the community that is the team. And they, 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 they started at each other. Because when you're not winning, it's always someone else's fault. There's always something going wrong. You're always searching for what's not right, what's not working. What, what We've we got to fix something. You need, you need to defend better. You let that pass through. You know, we, start, we start at each other and ultimately what's happening, we've actually lost that inner community. We've, we've lost that. And, and, and what leads to that is that there's a breakdown completely and, and we see coaches get fired. And so straight, straight up this morning, I want to I unpack three really key fundamental base building blocks of community. All right, we, we can pull these straight out of uh, what we read in Acts and what we read in Luke. And I'm going I'm to fly through these um, very quickly because I want them to build this, this base of this idea of community. Number one is proximity. All right, we, we cannot build uh, strong community if we are at a distance. Right? I don't know if you were like me growing up, you had the high school long distance girlfriend. No, just me. Okay, awkward. That's super awkward. Um, obviously, you guys are all social media these days, so everything seems close. Um, but when, my, when I had a long-distance relationship growing up, I had to write a letter, like pen on paper, and I had to put it in an envelope and get a stamp, and I had to take it to the post office, and then they stamped it, sent it, and it didn't get there straight away because Express Post wasn't invented yet, and we definitely didn't have Amazon Prime. Um, and, and so everything took a long time. Um, and I remember there were these times, where I, I, I'm a words guy, you might have noticed. Um, I, I would write like these 17 page letters right to this yeah yeah I think I scared them away ultimately um praise Jesus for text messaging now so my wife doesn't get unindated with that amount of words only on a Sunday um anyway the long distance relationships they don't work they don't they don't 
I mean, sometimes there's the, there's the exception, and if you're in one, God bless you, and, and I hope that it, it goes well for you. My experience is it didn't work, okay? My experience is I needed to be in close proximity with the people I wanted to build community with. I needed to be in close proximity with the people I wanted to build relationship with. This goes for, obviously, my, my wife, my marriage, close proximity is beneficial, um, but also friendships, family, whoever you would like to include in your community requires proximity. Proximity. And if we look at the scripture in Acts, it's very clear they had close proximity, right? It talks about things like they met in each other's homes, okay? Um, they, they worshipped together in the temple. It names the place. The temple wasn't that big, okay? It was, it was, it was grand, but it, it, there was still this, this close proximity in, in location. Now, we could go deep here and we could say that you can be close in location and far in heart. Um, but that might be a bit deep for a Sunday morning. So, so let's just talk about being close location-wise, all right? We need proximity. Second thing we need, and these are all going to rhyme for you, which is going to help. First one is proximity. Second one is consistency, okay? Acts tells us very clearly, okay, that they did this each day, that there was habit, there was regularity, there was, there was a decision that because they wanted to establish and feed into this community, that they would actually make a decision to not just do a once-off meet and greet, but that they would buy into the continual activity, the continual doings of the community. Um, and so they met consistently. I think it's, it's, it's right near the beginning there, Acts 2, 40, for somewhere, says all the believers met together constantly, shared everything they had. They worshiped together at the temple each day. Okay, so there is this consistency, proximity, consistency, and the last fundamental building block of community is activity. Okay, I want to put to you this morning that unless you are doing the doing that is occurring, you can be and not be a part of the community. It is in doing together that there is this bond. There is this, it's like the intertwining of the lattice threads. There we go, brain work. The threads of a tapestry come together as we do, as we engage in the activities of the community. All right? So, so proximity, consistency, and activity. I love, I love even in the Luke passage, we, we hear, if you, if you want some background on that, Luke, the context of it is, is Jesus is asked this question by well, this group of religious leaders, okay, because he's, he's building a community, and the community is, is full of people that they didn't expect. It's full of people who are broken. It's full of people that are hurting. It's full of people who know that they cannot live up to the, the social status of the day. It's, it's full of people who are, who, who, who are sick. It's full, it's full of all these people that, that the religious people of his day uh, did not want to associate with. And he was choosing to build a community with those people. And the religious leaders were like, what are you doing? What are you doing? We don't understand what you're doing. And his response is recorded in Luke 15. And he tells not just one story about a son and a dad and a family at home. He actually tells three stories in response to that question. And each of them have a similar conclusion. Each of them conclude with, with a person who the story is about inviting family and neighbours, friends and neighbours, those in close proximity to them to have a party and celebrate. So even when we read this passage in Luke, we realise that there is these, these fundamental building blocks, proximity, 
and activity. Now, we're not told enough about their life to see a measure of consistency, but we know that there's proximity and we know that there was an activity. There was a party. Come and be involved in the party. And these three things, they they kind of all build this platform of of community. And and can I tell you that we have some incredible things that that occur in our church, not just on a Sunday, although Sunday service is part of it. But can I just, can I I shamelessly promote V groups for a second? If If you want consistency, proximity and activity, get yourself into a V group. They are fortnightly, there's your consistency, right? They meet in a single location, that's going to bring you some proximity. And there's going to be stuff that happens in them that will be activity that will enable you guys to do life together, right? We're not, we're not just doing once-off Sunday and thinking that somehow that is going to form a strong, tight-knit, life-giving community. No, no, there needs to be more than that. It needs to stretch out beyond just a once-off on a Sunday, maybe a once-a-month. No, we need, we need a measure of consistency in our community, and you will get that as as a part of the V group. There's my shameless plug. But can I tell you that, that all of these, all of these really lead to something that is critical about community, and that is that community is a choice, not an obligation. Community is always a choice, never an obligation. Each one of the above, whether we choose proximity or consistency or activity, we always have a choice. You can have a choice to move and not be close to your family. Now, sometimes that's, that's, that's a beneficial choice. You guys don't have family like mine. That's cool. Um, totally understand. There's a choice. Proximity is a choice. And like I said, sometimes proximity is not just tangible distance. Sometimes it's what we, what we do with people in our heart. Sometimes, sometimes we, can be, we can be sitting next to someone. Um, we, can, we can be sitting right next to someone and they are as far away from us in our heart as, as they've ever been. And, and, and we can do that. We can look like we're close in a community, but ultimately we have checked out of that community in our heart and we can be so far away that we are, we are actually not in community. Proximity, it's a choice. We make that choice consistency is a choice. You can choose to go somewhere once, never return, or you can choose to make it a a consistent part of your lifestyle. You can choose to make it a habit. It says later in the book of Acts, or maybe slightly earlier in the book of Acts, uh, it says that Peter and John went to the temple as was their custom. It talks about the fact that there was this, and I think it talks about Jesus does that as well. There's this customary habitual consistency about the way in which they interact with the community that they would say they were in. And, and we make a choice about that. We make a choice about whether or not we're going to be a part of the things that, that would cause consistency in our lives or, or choose not to be a part of the things that would bring consistency in our lives. And again, there's no obligation. It's only a choice. And activity. Every invite can be denied. Every invite can be denied. You know, we get an invite to a party in Luke 15, and, and, and one of the things, one of the stories Jesus tells us about a girl who found a coin. And it's like, oh, she found a coin? Great. I, I, like, I get this party invite for a girl that found a coin. Are you serious? I got to organize a babysitter. I got to work out what outfit to wear. Like, my mum's away, so that means I got to pay someone to babysit rather than a free grandparent babysitter. Like, like it's easy sometimes to deny the invite practical sometimes to deny the invite. I'm not saying you need to accept every invite that comes across your, 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 your fridge door, if you like mine. Um, you don't have to go and share a meal. You don't have to stress out about what to take to somebody's house, okay? Favourites are sold out of Woolies, so now you don't know what to bring. Just, you can say no. It's okay. But be aware 
that if we don't participate in the activity, then, then, then we're, we're losing one of the building blocks that's going to bind us into that community, strengthen, deepen, enhance our experience, others' experience of what we bring to that community. It's a choice, not an obligation. Second thing, and, and I would say these are, these are choices that we make once we're in community. Number one, celebrating others strengthens community. Celebrating others strengthens community. Let's go back to our story at the start, right, where we talked about the winning team that gets to celebrate all the time. They end up with this winning mentality. That's just a great way of saying they like each other and they're having fun, and so they keep performing to the best of their ability. Nothing helps us perform to the best of our ability than than a a, a healthy sense of self-worth, a confidence, a, a sense of this is good fun, as opposed to the the team that's losing all the time and has nothing to celebrate. Can I tell you that what we see in Luke 15 is a clear indication that celebration is critical in strengthening community. That at the end of every story, let's not forget, these these are words that Jesus spoke. So we can take every one of those as being critical to explaining something about what He wants community to look like. And He chose three times, not once, three times to tell us, invite people and have a party. Celebrate what is good. Celebrate what is going on in your life that is good. Have people, if you've got a new car, have people over, drive them around the block in it. Celebrate what's good, right? If you've got a new house, have people over. Celebrate what is going well in your life. Just on that too, I believe that what we celebrate continues to grow in that community. So we can choose to celebrate certain aspects and that's going to that's gonna get momentum in that space. Celebration will build momentum in community. So it's critical that, that we get a celebration sense on us for community. It's interesting when we unpack that Luke 15, what we realise is that, that even the father celebrated the son. And if you know any of the backstory there, you would know that the son came to the father, said, hey, I want all my inheritance money now. Cough it up. Thanks very much. I don't want to wait for capital gains any longer. I'd like to take that. I'd like to use that. And he goes off as he goes and he lived, he lived the life, right? He, he spent money uh, gaining all the things that society said would fill him up with fun, a sense of self-worth. And, and, and it says he wasted all his money chasing those things. And then there was a famine in the land and he, he, he was in a complete place of brokenness, uh, sense lost, completely lost in himself, lost uh, tangibly, inwardly. So he came to his senses he, and he decides he's going to go home to his father's house and, and, and has this big speech prepared. And if you read it, he doesn't, he doesn't even get to say anything. Because before he can say anything, before he can even say, I'm, so, oh, I'm sorry, Dad, I was wrong. Before, before he can even admit that he'd done anything wrong, the Father is celebrating the Son. I want to tell you this morning, no matter where you're at in your walk with belief in whether God is real, Jesus is real, can I tell you that God is, is standing ready to celebrate you for who you are? God is absolutely celebrating you for who you are, irrespective of what you have done in your life, whether you feel guilty, ashamed, any of those things. I imagine this son felt all of those things. And before he could even say anything out of his mouth, the, 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 the father goes, hey, 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 go and, go and get my best, my, 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 my Ralph Lauren jacket, bring it out here. Like, come on, get the Gucci, put it on him because he's got dirt. I don't want people to see my son with dirt. This is my boy. I'm gonna wrap him up in the best jacket I have. And then I'm gonna put a ring, I'm gonna get a platinum credit card out because that's what it symbolizes. 
twice in those days, right? The, the ring of authority on his finger. I'm going to give him my platinum credit. Even though he's just spent all my money, I'm going to give him my credit card because I don't want my boy to go without. And, and, then, and then last of all, he has sandals on his feet because, because the father didn't want the boy walking around uh, with, with, with the same sort of outward expression that the servants would wear because he's not a servant in his father's house. And it just speaks about the level at which we operate in the community of God. When we come to God, He immediately elevates us to be like, you are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. That is how I view you. That is how I treat you. That is how I'm going to celebrate you. I'm not going to bring up the, the, the dirt that's all over you. I'm not going to bring up the pig dung that's on your feet because of where you were. You know, you got you to understand that God is going to celebrate you no matter your past, no matter what you've done. His heart towards you is to celebrate that you have come home. Celebrated, celebrated the son, celebrated his change, celebrated his, his transformation. But can we, can we I, don't, I don't know about you, I'm gonna, you can tell I'm a parent, right? Like my drink bottles, my kids. It's got like those reduced suction things so they can't choke on the water. It's really <laughs> difficult to drink. Um, like I love, I love reading scripture and I love sometimes the, the, the picture of paints, but I don't know if you're like me. So often I, I read the Bible, I read these scriptures. I'm like, oh, the Father's response, amazing. Like I get that, you know, like that, that would be awesome if that was my response, but that's not my response. That's not my response. I don't know if you're like me. Maybe you're not. Maybe I'm up here by myself, but I find it hard to celebrate others when they get something that I don't think they should deserve. You like me? I don't, just, you can leave me up here hanging, that's fine. Or when, when we feel like we're trying to do everything right, but we don't get the promotion someone else does, that we're like, we, I know they cheated. I know they don't have integrity, but they're getting the promotion. I don't want to celebrate that. Or like, where's, where's my car? Where's, where's my house? It can be really hard to celebrate others when they get what we want and we don't get it. I mean, I could apply that to so many areas of our life right now, not personally, like, but just in general. Like, there's so many areas that that can apply to spouse, children, home, status, jobs, finance, location, location, location. Like, it, do, it doesn't matter how we apply it. The reality is that in our human nature, we find it really difficult to celebrate others. And if we can't acknowledge that, then, then we're not even at the point in which God can begin to do his, his work in us. We have to be able to go, hey, I'm not good at that. And what I find is that I'm far more like the older son in this story. I'm far more like the older son who, whose first response is to criticize. He criticizes his dad. And he criticizes his brother. In fact, he, 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 he's got so much going on inside of him that he can't even call him his brother. He says to the father, he says, your son. Talk about proximity in the heart. He, he's so far distanced himself from his own brother. I don't know, like, where are my parents at? When child's driving out the wall and it's like, they're your kid. That's your, that's your child. You, you deal with that. That's, that's a lighthearted aspect of it. But, but can I tell you that cr 
where celebration strengthens community, criticism damages community. I mean, look, look at the older son. I mean, he's completely removed himself. He refuses to enter in. He refuses to accept the invite. He keeps himself at a distance and he doesn't celebrate. But I get the older son. <laughs> I get it. Like he's, 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 he's got a heart right now that's trying to process perceived injustice. Someone getting what he felt like he had earned. He worked harder, tried harder, did more, didn't make as many mistakes. And, and, and my human nature says, you know what? He is justified in his response. He is justified in his response. That's what my human nature says. Ultimately, he let anger take root in his heart. Disappointment, discouragement take root and he let bitterness enter his heart and all that could come out after that was criticism. Can I tell you something? His criticism didn't damage the party. His criticism didn't damage that party. Criticism damaged him. It stopped him, hindered him, restricted him from being able to be in the party. It actually worked to keep him out of community. He was actually at work against himself. He was actually at work against himself. I firmly believe that this is just the human condition. It's just us. (laughs) Humanity is broken, people. Newsflash. Can I tell you that, that, that without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, we are just like the older brother. And the problem sometimes with preaching a passage like this is, is we leave this service making this determination that I'm not gonna be critical. I'm gonna change, right? I, I'm like, yep, that's me, I'm critical. I let anger in sometimes, I let bitterness creep in sometimes. Sometimes I'm really jealous of what other people get. I acknowledge that God, yep, change me, amen. And then I leave and I'm like, I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna try harder. I'm gonna, if I just mm, just get a bit of determination, I'm not gonna be critical. And you know what all I do? All I do is stay the older brother because the older brother's response is out of the fact that he worked harder, tried harder, made less mistakes in his own strength and therefore felt justified when goodness fell on someone for no reason, he felt justified in being jealous and criticising. And so if all I do is try harder to not be critical, if all I do is determine not to be critical, if all I do is lean on my own human nature to change by human nature, I cannot do it. I simply cannot. I cannot change my own brokenness because I am broken. I'm a human being. I need something beyond me, outside of me, to come in, to heal those wounds, to shape me, to to encourage me. Can I tell you that it says the Holy Spirit will convict us of our righteousness, not of our sin. If we're believers, the Holy Spirit comes in to remind us, hey, hey, That's not you. That's not you. 
You're a new creation. Remember that? Remember that last series that you heard in church? That applies right now because that's not you. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.